0: This podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Nexus Recruitment Group, official Bristol City Football Club short sponsors. There is a company or brand within the group that can assist all recruitment needs across any industry to suit any budget. Head over to nexus-resources.k.uk or threepeople.k.uk for more information. Three people in the podcast.
1: (laughs) Welcome to Three Peeps in the a Podcast, a bonus show. What a difference a week makes. We were sat here this time last week, feeling quite sorry for ourselves. Tuesday night came along, the banks was there to, to be seen for everybody. A result, and the question is, will that bounce continue? It's uh, it's two o'clock on the Saturday, the twenty seventh of February. So we'll be getting the team news in shortly. So I'll be leaning on Matt to give me that, so I can steer this ship, and you can give us a team news, Matt. But uh, Just very quickly to say, um, obviously, a big thanks to our sponsors, The Nexus Group, for helping us with this podcast. And they're actually going to be sponsoring uh, the the Reading versus Bristol City Women game on the 8th of March, which is International Women's Day. Um, So we're toying with the idea of actually doing a, a bonus show for that. But more on that later. Um, also, this week we released our first episode of "Robbins Reunited," which has been really well received. So, big thanks to Joe Burnell and Danny Coles for joining me on that. Really good to hear some old stories and uh, looking back on on good times. Um, Matt, come in. You, we—it's <laughs> dangerous to say we had so a late night. Us in. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we, <laughs> you got to stop saying stuff like this. <laughs> so, um, I was up. We I was did. up watching watching Bruno versus Tyson, the documentary on Sky until one o'clock in the morning. Cause I just couldn't stop watching it. And then I look on Facebook yeah.
0: and you did exactly the same. I, exactly the same. Yeah. What a, what a brilliant program. Um, I was a massive Frank Bruno fan. So really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. But yeah. It team news is in. Go on, go for it the was team really news. Good. So um, Bentley, Hunt, Viner, Mariapa, Callas, Tyler, Naj, Backinson, Palmer, Wells, Dijoux. So as we were. Okay, as we were. Um, the bench, yeah. Max O'Leary, Taylor Moore, Ryan Cessignon, Han Senga, Sam Pearson, Alex Scott, oh, Antoine Semenyo, Tommy Conway, oh, and Sam Bell. So, okay, a youthful really, exuberance, a, yeah, a really, really attacking bench as well, isn't it? That's great news. Um, okay, well, so, hopefully,
1: yeah. um, hopefully they get on and we're three nil up, and they can come on and uh, have a run around.
0: Um, heard a lot of good things about Scott, um, so that would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, no, it'd be good to see.
1: Uh, just for people who don't know,
0: Alex Scott is a uh, position-wise an attacking midfielder, I believe. Yeah, I believe so. Well, certainly midfielder. Yeah. Um, yeah, but he's he's a, a really really talented boy. I'm, I'm sure he's a, the lad that came from Guernsey. Mm. Um, they've uh, got yeah. real high real high hopes for him. He is, isn't he? Yeah, and yeah. Tommy Conway, centre forward. Um, he's mm. been on loan at Bath. Young young lad and scored right. a boatload of goals at Bath. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean when you you think Sam Bell, Pearson, Conway, you know, that's that's really attacking, isn't it? So Absolutely. A couple
1: news. more, couple more bits I wanted to raise before we bring in a guest. Um, so we had some some inter- <clears throat> great, great interaction on Twitter over the last week on various things. Steve Wareham got in touch after our last episode and talks about his match day superstitions, which is something we talked about. Uh, he always used to walk to the gate the same way through the Halfords car park and tap the trolley bay twice with his foot as he walked
0: past. Matt. <laughs> What do you think of that? Yeah, that's, that's an even stranger one than me. So fair play to Steve. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, as we said, I've I've got a few, but no, none, none quite like that. <laughs> oh, that
1: was fantastic. Um, and also a really nice comment from Rob Pickles. Um, he he basically tweeted and said that over the last few months, of the last year, he's had some mental health issues and listening to this podcast has helped him through it, which Matt, that makes it all worth it, doesn't
0: it? Yeah, 100% um it's been tough lockdown um for everybody um let alone those directly affected by it um you know and the football as bad as it is and we've talked about it patch you know we've seen some absolute rubbish this season Mm. Um, but I still look forward to it I've still loved every game and then talking about it afterwards so yeah that's that's really good to hear from Rob isn't it yeah so thanks for
1: getting in touch guys keep the interaction coming okay as I said We've got a guest, um, and it's one of, if not the longest servant to Bristol City, some 53 years, having started working on the Turnstiles in 1968. We had Tin Man on recently, so we're going from Tin Man to T-Man. Come <laughs> in, Alan Headford. Uh,
2: hello, then. How's everybody? Yeah, we're doing all right. We're doing all yeah. right. So, Alan, It's are funny you I- say that about Tin Man, because I can remember him coming as a player. I bet yeah, you can. I, I made, made his can. tea when he was coming down, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Alan, are you the longest servant to the club? I I must be one of them, yeah, I, if not the... Uh, you know, they, they did... Um, somebody asked, oh, going back last before the end of last season, about how, how long people have been there. And when I put my name forward, a few of them, because, of course, everything's changed, mm. were a bit surprised. I think Steve Lansdowne probably remembers, because I, I re- remember when he had a long-service trophy presented on the pitch. He was walking down the tunnel and he said to me, you ought to be having this. So he knows (laughs) I've been there a long time.
0: Did he give it to you? (laughs) No. I think the thing is, Alan, anybody who's followed Bristol City, and I was fortunate enough to sit in the Attu stand, but anybody who's followed Bristol City for as long as I have, which was the 70s I started, your face everybody knows you so <laughs> i can count for the fact that yes absolutely you have been there since i've started following bristol city in yeah. 75 76 so yeah yeah that was so, probably when i went on the generation game It's when i got custard pipe by what rovers team oh, did you really
2: oh yeah yeah it's on youtube
0: oh there's a story yeah I mean, if you we'll look up bristol that.
2: city bristol rovers youtube i'm on there oh yeah right, wow. okay
1: that is awesome. So, Alan, your first job was as on the turnstile um, in 1968. Was that just yep. sort of a job? It's a supplement your earnings. Well, it was, yeah.
2: I, I can remember it well, because um, I'd always go down watching them home and, and, and away games as well. And um, I was just courting my girlfriend, that now wife, and uh, we were saving up to get married and getting engaged. And she said to me, why don't you try and get a job down there? You're always down there because I was taking her down there as well. Right. So I can remember going down. I took her down one, one day and I, I asked about it. And we see the guy, I can remember it now, it, the old um, stand underneath. And it was a bloke called Cyril Felstead, And he said, "Um, yeah, we need turnstile operators. He said, can you start next game? And I said, yeah, great. And he said, would you like to get him free today? Mm-hmm. And we me and my, I, my girlfriend, I said, oh, yeah. I said, for when we got in, I said, of we've already saved some money now you know and uh, that's where it started
1: brilliant well your your name and face is, is even more familiar to me because you actually worked with my dad at BT and they in, in for many years
2: I did indeed yeah yeah, yeah.
1: andy yeah know exactly well. yeah no brilliant um so when did you sort of go from being a turnstile operative to becoming the 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 tea man, if you like. Is that your official role? I don't know what the role title uh, is. Yeah, are you are you, are you <laughs> um uh, drinks distribution manager or something like that?
2: <laughs> there must be a name for it, but I don't think they thought of it yet. Um yeah, well, as I said, I was on the turnstiles, then I I was be, um upgraded to a turnstile supervisor. And then um I can remember it, there was a guy, um Frank, um who used to do the job I'm doing now. And um, it was after an evening game. He went home and um, he died, unfortunately, of a heart attack. And um, because I'd been there a long time, the next game they said to me, would you like to do Frank's job? And I said, I'll give it a go. And, well, that's where it started. That was when, back in, must have been around 80s, 88, when um, Terry Cooper was manager. Okay, and, so it's a good twenty
1: years then on the turnstiles. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely, yeah. And so
1: before we go into the into that job, any stories that stick stick out for you in the twenty years of uh, managing
2: the turnstiles? Oh, too many to remember, probably. I mean, uh, you know, each manager. I mean, I I counted them up, funny enough, before I come on. This, the next manager, which will be Nigel Pearson, will be my twentieth managerial reign. Wow. So okay. I've worked. Um, Unfortunately, I didn't work under Dean because of the COVID crisis. Oh, yeah. um, although I worked with him very closely, you yeah. know, when he was a coach, but I would have loved to work under him as a gaffer because he's one one Hollywood oh, guy. Absolutely, gentleman. yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But there must have been some in that twenty years of of managing the turnstiles. Obviously, <laughs> in that period you know you you saw the ground develop so much even in oh. that even in that period but uh i can remember sort of when i started going down around 86 87 where people would sort of jump over the turnstile and not have a ticket and just sort of just do the do the old yeah. jump over the ter- particularly my memory sticks out for like fa big fa cup games when it was probably hard to get a ticket but yeah. uh did you ever have to chase anyone up the stairs alan
2: well you didn't go but that has happened to me i mean Going back, um, they were only small turnstiles in those days, about yeah. waist high, like yeah. just a, a, like a, a bar. And um, as you said, on, on a big gate, you're on the turnstiles, They're queuing to get in, and they're pushing. And sometimes they, you get people just run, jump, and obviously you can't leave because you had all the money. You just yeah. had to let them go. So a lot of these big gates, probably there's probably you could add on a few extra hundred. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> any memories from you Matt, in terms of uh, the, the 68 to um sorry sorry 68 so, to 88
0: so I wasn't there in 68 let's be clear I know <laughs> I know I'm a few years older than you patch but um do, do you know what my my dad I probably shouldn't say this but although I don't have much to do with him or anything to do with him but my dad was a printer back in the day so he used to print season tickets um for his mates so he'd have he'd have a season ticket and then he would print copies of his kind of thing for other people because obviously wow. none of it was electronic yeah. Um, so it was all that. But, but I guess for, for me, Alan, the interest would be um, you know, obviously you had to collect all that money and what it, it kick off just after kickoff, you then take that to a central office somewhere, or
2: yeah, you um once once you close your turnstile down, which was usually 10 minutes after kickoff, they used to have mm. two phases. You had the your normal time, which was 10 10 minutes after kickoff, and then you had a certain amount that would stay on to half time. Right, okay three or four dollars per section so then you had to count all your money bag it up into the relative currency denominations and then you had to then take it to an office where it was then checked and counted with with the numbers on your clock because obviously each one went round you had a start ah, and finish right. number yeah. and then if it all tied up you were fine and you just went in and seen the game and in those days there was like um you probably you wouldn't remember it but if you looked at some old photos there was like some benches all the way around the inner the inside of the circuit of the pitch yeah, yeah. and as turnstile operators and workers you could then sit on them then oh right, right. okay you yeah. must have, you must have missed the
1: the, you must have missed the start of a fair few oh games, i did yeah. yeah
2: yeah as
1: a fan that must have killed you listening to a, a, a roar or uh or miss well, opportunity yeah. and things like that
2: yeah yeah, Brilliant. there's some obviously throughout my career. There's a lot of moments I've missed. Were, were you and probably always... some? So I'm glad I did miss. I yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> were you always um, on the same sort of in on the same turnstile, or did you move around a lot?
2: No, they used to move you around. Okay. Obviously, because it's always if you're on the same one, you you know people say, "Oh, they'll keep making your mates or something." Or, I'm on that turnstile, so yeah, it, right. it just took out the chance of. Uh, Frauds, if you like
1: yeah no that's fair yeah. enough i mean i always I, I sat in the Dolman stand for for the, the largest number of years and we always went we talked about superstitions i always went in the same terms turnstile every time um and it was always the same faces that we would see that ah. you know the, the the stewards and and turnstiles and things like that but uh yeah it's certainly come on leaps and bounds from uh having a paper ticket to now having a oh a, yeah a card uh, but yeah. let's go on to the T-man the, the years then. So uh, 19, <laughs> 1988, you became T-man or, or drinks operator, whatever we're going to yeah. call it. Um, and what? who was manager then, 88? Um, Terry Cooper. Okay, yeah,
2: you said Terry Cooper. Uh, so, But Kenneth, it was at the end, end of his reign. Right. I think it was probably about three or four, half a dozen games, something like that. And then okay. Joe Jordan took over. And... and
1: how much involvement did you have with the managers in terms of what they wanted you to do, when they wanted you to give them the tea? Was it tea before the game, halftime? Tell us, like, a, a, an average sort of day for you.
2: Well, go. I mean, going back to the, in those days, um, you know the big catering teapots, you've probably seen them. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I always used to have to make one for the home team, one for the away team, and a small one for the referee at halftime and before the game. And that was for the players as well in those days. They used to drink the tea. I mean, now it's obviously protein drinks and, you know, Luke, although you can... do get the odd player asked for a the black coffee. On a you know, half time so. or before the game? No, before the game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Naki Wells is one, always likes a black coffee before the game.
1: Yeah. Well, I suppose it's a bit of an energy boost, isn't it?
2: Well, it's just, funny enough, I go back to um, days when um, Danny Wilson was manager. And um, I, obviously, we, we had a, a foreign team come down, a touring team. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I went in, and I said, oh, do you want tea? And the, the guy said to me, can we have a pot of black coffee? So I took him in a black coffee and I mentioned it to Danny Wilson. And he said, oh, yeah, he said on the continent. That's quite common. They have it as like a caffeine kick. Mm. So, yeah. Okay. But going back to those days, it wasn't just making pots of tea. I also had to run the baths. Um, oh, yeah, and okay. Because in those days, it was the big communal baths, if mm. you probably look back at old pictures. And I used to have to run both baths. As soon as the players went out for the start of the second half, I had to run the baths in order for them to fill up before the end of the game.
1: You must have time you must have been able to time that to oh, the T yeah. of the exact <laughs> yeah. amount of time that you could then go out watch the game come back in turn the tap off well that's right
2: yeah and did you make the, exactly
1: did you make the away teams bath a little bit colder
2: <laughs> if they won yeah. <laughs> it's funny you should say that but I mean about the tea, um Ian Holloway went going back to the generation thing I, I mentioned generation game yeah um the next time the Rovers came down Ian Holloway was their manager, and he came in and he said to me, "I ain't drinking none of your tea because TV being TV, they fabricate a lot of the things." And Jim yeah. Davison said to me at the time, just before they custard me, he said, "Um, I had to sit down in a chair, and he 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 went round with tape round and tape me to the chair. I thought, what's going on? And he said, take your glasses off,' which I couldn't reach, and he took them off, and he said." Now, when you used to make the tea for Bristol Rover, you used to hate it and used to put salt and all that in there. And, God, I mean, that's obviously just TV. Yeah. Um, but you remember that all the way. He said, I'm not having any ority. I always remember it. <laughs> that is
1: uh-huh. fantastic. That is fantastic. You must have had a lot of stories, you know, stories you can tell, stories you can't tell, or things you've heard in the tunnel. Um, different oh, yeah. managers are all very different. Some are outspoken. Some, you know, don't say hardly a word. If you, is right. there any, any stories you can remember from you know that last what is it now twenty two years of being a team man? Obviously that you can that you can share with us. Uh,
2: Thirty two years actually. Thirty two yeah, years. I I say, yeah. yeah, yeah. Match was never his um, strength, Alan.
1: Well, I'm, I, well a qualified <laughs> accountant actually, but that's a bit worrying, isn't it?
2: It's, <laughs> di- it's difficult to say, really. I mean, I mean, after, out of all them managers, you've got your favourites, or I mean, they were they were all good but there's some that stick out in your mind mm. um danny wilson's one for example i mean danny wilson used to love his cricket and i always remember i went in before the game i said do you want a cup of tea gaffer oh yes please and I, he had the he had the cricket because it was the overlap between the start of the season and the test matches and he was and i said oh what's the score like you know mm. sit down al he said and watch it you know and i thought you know because you're always trying to you know obviously i got about to offense,
1: run danny but,
2: yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was that was after those days. And um, he said to me, uh, you sit down. I said, I better get on now, Gaffer. I said I've got stuff to do. But during the game, if you, if it ain't very good and you want to sit down and watch, just come in my office and watch the cricket. And I thought that was That was showed how genuine a guy he was, really, because all his personal stuff's in there. And you
1: know, but we were were chatting on the Robbins reunited the other day with uh Joe Bunnell and Danny Coles, who played obviously for Danny Wilson. And they both said that he had such an aura about him, he would walk into a room and just put you at ease straight away. Um, He did, so yeah, obviously, you you and he always had
2: like a glint in his eyes. You're looking into his eyes, he's got because they were alive, Yeah. yeah.
0: Very it. popular yeah. man, money. Very popular. Yeah, man.
2: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Derek McInnes it always stands in my mind, and Steve Cottrell. I, yeah. I love what Steve Cottrell done with the club. Those seasons he got us promoted.
0: Mm. Yeah, and I well, got a
2: story to show what a genuine guy he was. He always used to smell whenever I go in his office. I said, oh, "Gaffrey, you don't have to smell well." <laughs> he said, "Yeah," he said, "He, it was such a, a nice smell." It, and he said, uh, uh, yes, yeah, an aftershave. He said, um, cloned. Um, I can't think of the name. Oh, Creed, he said, he said, I got it in Harvey Nichols. I thought, blaming hell, that's out of my price, like, you know. So, um, when he said the name of it, I went and looked Harvey Nichols online when I go, and it was 220 quid a bottle. Oh, bloody hell.
1: Like <laughs> Moses. Wow. Now,
2: that was going back at the start of the season, probably September. Mm-hmm. At the end of that season, he came in with a bag. And he said, "You are. There's the an shave
1: you liked. Oh, beautiful, talk, man! I, I, I
2: had, you know, a lump in my throat. I thought, "Yeah,
1: man. wow, wow!" And with what, what he's been through personally in the last few months as well, oh, yeah, it was so yeah. good to see, obviously, him yeah. come through that, and and now he's oh, yeah. at
2: home. So, yeah, what, what a and great story! They're playing story. the gas, They're playing the gas today. Are
1: yeah. they? Is he he's
2: not back in the dugout yet? Is he? Well, no, no, he's not back in the dugout, but I did wonder whether he might venture up there. You never know, as he's cause he's back, obviously yeah. convalescent in Britain. Funny enough, I did tweet him the other a uh, couple of days ago. I said, Yeah, make you feel better and also feel better if
0: you beat the gas. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's funny with Steve Cottrell, because he was a manager. I, I remember <clears throat> when he was being sort of titred for the job beforehand, I was absolutely candescent. He was one man I just didn't want because I just never took to him whenever he came as an away manager yeah. and stuff he said. But what an unbelievable man. And and for me, and I'm sure much the same as you, Alan, maybe other than than Alan and what he did, but gave me the best season oh. of football I've ever had. And it'll always be for me, right up yeah. at the very, very top for that. Um, right. Yeah, and, and just a, a genuine guy. You would always speak oh, to him. Oh, he was. See, yeah. I used to work in town I'd see him regularly in John Lewis. Um, yeah. Always have, stop and have a chat. Yeah, R- he really would. nice yep. guy. He yeah. is, yeah. yeah. Brilliant.
2: Yeah. Well, funny, uh, funny you say that, but, you know, um, that football, all through my, and obviously, you know, y- y- your, your dad, um, it's the same. I always yeah. wanted to be the side that ran away with that league. Yeah. most, And it yeah. never, ever happened yeah. until that year with Steve Cottrell. I mean, we ran away with it and played. Yeah. As you said, wonderful football. Brilliant football. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, it's always sticks
0: out in my mind yeah. that one. And like you say, Alan, I think because we ran away with it, we've been close, but we were always the bridesmaid. I look mm. back at that 1990, you know, with the greatest respect to Bristol Ravens and whoever oh. wins the league deserves to win it. But we threw it away, didn't we? And, I know, you know we
2: did, yeah. Yeah. So that yeah, that, that was season heart, was special. Heartbreaking yeah. that was, oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: So as Matt said at the start, your, your face is is one that, that that people will will know. And obviously, with watching games on the TV, you would always take up that position in the tunnel, just sort of standing there, obviously finishing your duties at the start of the game and getting ready for your duties at halftime and at the end of the game. So you're always there. Was one of your jobs to pull the tunnel out like, when someone got sent off, or does that was that someone
2: else? No, no, there's um, there's there's always two um Stewards. super um, stewards there and that was their job pulling that out yeah yeah so you must yeah. have
1: got but you must have had people like walking past you that had been sent off and certain some expletives. oh yeah like that. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: quite a few yeah it's and i met I, I met quite a few nice away managers too you i mean w- what you see on the tv with a lot of people aren't is not not necessary the, the actual guy but you can some some real genuine ones i met um the england manager now um gareth southgate what a gentleman he is yeah. i mean such a lovely bloke uh, i met him numerous occasions ever yeah. such a genuine guy and i can you know they say that good guys don't always get on in the world but mm. uh, you know he, he is a good guy that's yeah. great that's great kevin, Ke- kevin keegan's another one Gen- real genuine guy yeah, yeah.
1: You must have developed so we spoke about managers in terms of players. You must have some favorites. Obviously, the people that have been there, you know, that they were there for a longer tenure. Obviously, you build up a better relationship with them. And before each game now, obviously, well, pre pre COVID, you were always giving a high five to everyone as they as they came out and tapping yeah. them on the back and things like that. Have you yeah. got any, any any favorites in terms not let's not talk about players now? Cause uh, but
2: any favourites going back?
1: Players in the past.
2: Um I mean I when, before I, I I did this job, I mean I always I always had a a, a like for Mike Gibson in Goy. And um I f- probably going back to when I was watching, um, John Galley as a as a striker, that's before your time. I always remember with John Galley, we were in um it was a rele- relegation season just before the end of the transfers, and we signed John Galley from Rotherham and Tommy Doherty was the manager then. And he, he'd just taken over at Rotherham, and he sold him to the City. I think something like 30,000 comes to mind. Mm. And um, I always remember he played for the City. He scored the goals that kept us up, and he ended up, City's got top goal scorer, but he also ended up Roderham's top goal scorer, and they got relegated.
0: <laughs> <Did> they? <laughs> I, always,
2: I always stuck in my mind, that. But then I mean, we go on a bit later on, Jerry Gowes and, you know, and Scott Murray. I mean, what a legend Scott Murray is to the yeah. club. I mean, he's I he's probably the best ambassador you could ever pick for Bristol City. Yeah. I mean, there's not many kit men that go out and get the, when you're at a weight game, and the fans cheer you, are no, well, no it's,
1: it, it, he must be missing that banter with the fans oh, before the game he's kick, absolute... kicking the ball in the in, in the in the crowd and and all yeah. of that stuff but yeah you're right he's he is you know he's mr bristol city at the moment oh uh, without a doubt and yeah. and, and, and yeah. will be will be forever he's he's an adopted bristolian and and uh long may long may that continue yeah. um yeah. So in terms of the current current squad obviously you said you know you you, you worked with dean holden but weren't there when he, whilst he was manager but yeah. in terms of the current you, you've sort of said naki wells likes a black coffee before a game any any yeah. any other um any other information inside information on the current crop no uh,
2: flinty uh, he was another one that used to like a black coffee or not a black coffee used to like a coffee um before a game frank and occasionally but you know they're, they're they're a nice bunch of players. I, you know, I know everybody says that, but they are. They really are. You know, in recent years, they're friendly. That they, they really are. They're, there's there's no pre-Madonnas in the club anymore. Yeah, it's
1: great to hear. Great to hear. Okay, um, Alan. Obviously, we we thank you very much for coming on the show and talking about some some old times. And as I say. People will will know your face more than your name, but now they'll know your name as well. Um, <laughs> uh, so hopefully, you'll be back down with us come August time, if the roadmap uh, you know runs its course and, and is is as we hope. Um, and you'll you'll be back doing doing your job, and we'll be back doing our job, which is to, to cheer on the fans, Matt.
0: Yeah, who knows? maybe even before then. If Euro 2021 ends up being in the UK only or England only, used to say we wouldn't be one of the grounds chosen. So, well, know, I, I think we were a reserve one, weren't we? When it was originally selected, yeah, I think I think we were right back in the day, weren't we? So it yeah. will be interesting yeah. to see. I don't I don't know how true that is that they're talking about it just being held in England, but that would be a nice start to the after this, wouldn't it? You know? Certainly would. Absolutely Certainly would.
1: Okay, well, we'll be back after the break with uh, Paul Binning, the exiled Robin, to talk about hopefully three points away at Swansea, but uh, keep our fingers crossed. Alan, are you uh, you quite um, you know you quite waiting to meet Mister Pearson? Nige? We're going to call him, I think. And uh, well, he wants to yeah,
2: no, I, yeah. I, he seems a good guy. I think I think he will do right for us.
1: Yeah. yeah, and fingers crossed for today. But great, thank you, Alan, and we'll speak take to
0: you, Matt. Guys, take care, Alan. Bye bye. Good luck.
1: That noise is the sound of me <laughs> cracking open a beer. Yeah, we have now won three one, the second time in four days. Matt Withers is with me, Matt sum up your
0: uh, emotions for me um <clears throat> my, my voice is going a bit when the, the third one went in partly because I know me mate had some money uh coming his way if uh <laughs> if Antoine got a goal but um what a second half and, and I, I don't mean this in any way disrespectfully to Dean Holden but that's what a manager does he recognises you know, we defended really well, but he recognised where we needed to change shape to give something more from an attacking point of view. He did that, and we thoroughly deserved to win the second half. I'm not going to sit here and say we got away, you know, we, we deserve to win the game overall because, you know, we had Dan Bentley to, to thank for the first half. But mm. you're, a, you're a goalkeeper. That's your job. We kept the ball out of the net. We scored three goals. So on that, yeah, 3-1, we deserve to win. But delighted, delighted
1: absolutely buzzing it was uh, certainly certainly a game of of two not exact halves but before the penalty and after the penalty um which we'll come on to talk to you about yeah what 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 impact that had but um yeah just the the fight that they showed in that last half an hour to, to come back and and win after going a goal down i thought was unbelievable
0: it was the organisation patch as well they they looked an organised well drilled team and bear in mind, this is this is two days he's had to work with them. I don't I don't know what that equates to training wise, um, but there, there was a real togetherness there, um, you know, and you could see what it meant both with with Casey's goal and then with Antoine's goal. Yeah. Um, and I was almost it two one. I I don't know why, but I was thinking when seven minutes of injury time went up, I thought, yeah. do you know what? E- even if they score now, make it two two. What a, what a really good result well we came um, we so were, to win it fantastic
1: you could you could argue we almost came for a draw uh that certainly seemed to be how we were we were sort of setting up and letting letting swansea come on to us and yeah you're right at two one up you you're in the back of the, the cynic in the back you're of thinking your bumsly, aren't you this season yeah, so, yeah. yeah exactly yeah okay um well before we go for the minutes i'll bring in our guest and that is uh paul binning paul how are you sir
3: Oh, very good after that, thank you. Very enjoyable.
1: <laughs> Just like watching Brazil, I think for going. <laughs> well, okay, I got
3: my top on. Yeah, it was um, being a being a city fan in Englishman living in South Wales. It's a big day today, so I'm uh, not like care too much for rugby, but I'm hoping uh, England can follow up and uh, do one on Wales as well. But yeah, lovely, yeah. Uh, lovely to have the uh, upper hand on some of my uh, local friends here.
1: Absolutely, yeah. what an away day that would have been.
3: Oh, uh, wouldn't it? I know, I know. I was thinking earlier on a short walk from the station and a few stops from Swansea I'd have been getting on with a couple of my uh, Swansea sporting mates and city shirt tucked under a jumper just in case but uh, yeah it would have yeah. been amazing it? and uh, yeah packed sunny airway end lots of cider flowing would have been really really amazing
1: Brilliant. Well, yeah. So we 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 uh, had a just before we came on and doing did, did the post match, we had a half an hour interview with Alan Hedford, who's the the team man now down Ashton Gate. So uh, hopefully everyone enjoyed that. We're going to come on to, just before we come to the minutes. Uh, uh, we didn't actually mention Matt. The average age of the bench today 19.8.
0: 19. I don't yeah. I don't quite know that what that eight means. <laughs> Is that nineteen it's years it's, eight months or I don't years, know? You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, to the September. Um, thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it, uh, and it speaks volumes for the trust that I, I guess Nigel Pearson, but probably more so Keith Downing and Paul Simpson, um, and again, the work that um, the, the guys do. Um, and I know that the the 23s um, beat Millwall 3-0 today as well. Okay. Um, and I was I was chatting to one of the coaches who, who said to me that, um, and I can't say his name, I'll just say Ayman, um, but I, I really apologize and I will learn it, but Ben Euse, um yep. was unplayable apparently.
2: Soundly right, alright. Well, it was
0: alright, wasn't it? Prince scored two and um, Marley got a goal as well, I believe. Um, so yeah, it just, it fills you with more confidence, doesn't it now? Knowing that we've got a bench like that, we've got an academy that's now producing and was it 10 players in the the, the squad yeah. today that from the academy? That's and, incredible.
1: And Calamo Dada training, Nathan yep. Baker training and Liam yeah. Walsh having uh, some game time as well. So, yeah. I mean, we, we've been here before, Matt, in terms of our buoyancy, but uh, just keep our head on our uh, firmly on our shoulders. But um, yeah. it's looking good. We're looking upwards now. We've
0: got to be positive. And, and it's, again, it's, it is about the results, obviously, but it's the performance. And that second half performance was mm. as good as anything I've seen in the last three or four years. Yeah. Um, and, and you've got to qualify that against the opposition as well. So, okay,
1: yeah. let's go through the minutes. Uh 14th minute, important save from Bentley. AU causing problems and the ball falls to Jamal Lowe, who gets around Callis and shoots. That was the first of probably four <laughs> excellent saves from Dan Bentley, who throughout the podcast with the player ratings, he's the one who scored by far the highest average, if we were to average the out, Matt.
0: Yeah, I mean copy and paste in it for that first half. Um, it was an, an unbelievable goalkeeper performance. Um, the reflex saves that he made. Um, and that that one, that first one you've just talked about there from Lowe, it was a really, really good effort. And it was near Powerful. post as well. Yeah, near post as well. And it's easy to get caught out from a keeper's point of view there. I know they always say you should never be beaten there. But yeah, I mean, what's <clears throat> he worth, Patch? I mean, he, he is... I can't think of too many goalkeepers in the championship better than him. Um there's, I'm there's struggling. Not many,
1: there's not many goalkeepers that I can't think of the, the the last big goalkeeper transfer fee, Paul. Can you?
3: No, I think I remember saying that when we signed him, he's the first sort of not, not proper goalkeeper, that's not fair on some of the others, but one you sort of right. imagine we're signing and he's gonna be number one for a number of years if we can, you know, if we can hold on to him this summer. But no, I think the yeah, you know, you're going back a long way, aren't you? Keith Welsh, maybe? Well, Bo Anderson. <laughs> Bo, Anderson. <laughs> Bo Anderson, yeah, yeah. Bo yeah. Anderson, maybe after. But yeah. yeah, there's probably been a couple in, bet- in yeah. between. There's some big names, obviously. You know, David James and you know Frankie Fielding came in and did a good job for a few years. But yeah. it, it felt at the time we signed him, and it certainly does now, because like, as our first proper keeper at this level that we've had in terms of a quality you need there. Yeah.
1: Sorry, and the reason I laugh when you said Keith Welsh was because I actually meant goalkeeper transfer fees worldwide. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then
1: you said Keith
0: Welch. Well, we could probably talk about loads worldwide, patch. We were trying to be specific.
1: Yeah, but what, what is the what Edison?
0: Is the, uh... um, well, wasn't oh. it Edison or, or Becker, Alex for oh, Kappa? 71 was Yeah, Yeah, Kepper, so Kepper, yeah.
1: seventy-one. Alex. I don't think he's quite. He's probably, he's probably as
0: good as him. I was going to say he's not in Bentley. Kappa <laughs> is he? <laughs>
1: But no, it's an interesting thought. What he's worth, who knows, who knows? Yeah. But hopefully, we don't have to find out.
0: Paul just said it though. I mean, we if if we want a challenge next season, we got to keep him as good as Max O'Leary is and will oh, yeah. be. We have got to keep Benz because he's he he's is, had an unbelievable season. Yeah,
1: he is as important as a goal scorer, if not yeah. more important. In in the last few weeks, uh, and months, uh, right, fifteenth minute, City break with a great run from Fami, but he fails to find Adam Naj, who was breaking through the middle, slight shades of um of the Wells incident, but at least Fan did try the pass, but he just didn't have enough power on the ball, and it didn't didn't find Adam Naj. Um, twenty second minute, another great save from Dan Bentley with the shot from Yandanda. Something we've come to expect this done. season. Thank you. Um. <laughs> But he got through quite easily there, uh, Paul. Did you notice um, that yeah, Nandanda got through quite easily and got the shot away?
3: Yeah, I think that was a feature of the first half, wasn't it? I think we were we were semi-organised, but there were there was a lot of space in and around the edge of the area at times for them, I thought. And uh, the the shape of the system wasn't quite working for us, I felt. We, we should have had numbers there, but yeah. the, the three centre-backs, the three centre-midfielders should have meant you had enough cover in those areas, but we just weren't. And... I saw a heat map at half-time and it was actually quite misshaped. You had Jack Hunt almost playing authentic right-back and Riley Towler playing almost left-wing. And it was obviously, you know, it was all going yeah. down their right-hand side and we were just, we were being pulled out of shape. They, they were very good, weren't they, first half? And as, they were. as Matt, yeah. Matt said earlier, they're a quality team. And they haven't conceded many goals this season. And you can see, you know, you can see very good side in that first half. They were they were pulling the strings. and Was,
0: and... was it seven goals, Paul, they've conceded this season at home? It's it's quite a small amount yeah. at home, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I know, I know it's only it's only about 19 overall, and that includes four at yeah. Huddersfield last
1: week. So yeah, I can't be far away from that. Yeah. Matt, you really are struggling, aren't you, with your voice?
0: Mate, honestly, it was the last <laughs> that la- my my missus downstairs when the last one went in. I'm not going to repeat what I said because I did there was a few expletives. <laughs> I, I just lost my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I had my my eight-year-old
3: looking over my shoulder as I was tweeting. I thought like, i had to tell him to go away because I wanted to swear. In it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think we God. all said the same thing. Get the <laughs> yeah.
1: Get the F out. Um, right, 25th minute. A shot from Horahan is comfortable for Bentz, but questions over the attempt from attempted tackle from Backinson. I don't know if you noticed that one, Matt. It's not the not the tackle you expect. He sort of was like a like a little uh, little jig over the he, ball.
0: He just got completely done by it, didn't he? I, I actually thought Ty was <clears throat> was was poor in the first half. He, he again, Paul's talking about the shape, but we were getting pulled in the a couple of times. To to be fair to him, and it's so difficult when you're watching on the TV. He was actually probably keeping his shape, but because of the way they were playing, he needed to go across or you know come more inside. And yeah, that one we 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 got away with because that that Hurrahan is he's a, a very very good player, and the, the amount of times I sort of watched him, whether it was for for Barnsley or Villa, destroy us really um, and get a goal. So yeah, I thought I thought. Maj was was tremendous with his work rate, but the midfield just wasn't working. Mm. Um, yeah,
1: okay. And the the main difference for me from Tuesday with the same team, obviously, is that Swansea just were a, a much better off, much
0: off-way. better team. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very. They're they're probably the best footballing team I've seen this season against us.
1: Yeah.
0: First forty five anyway. And they beat them for, anyway. three one. Just to just for everyone who mm-hmm. doesn't know.
1: Um, so maps 39th minute. Maps clears off the line after a bit of a melee. That was really important one, Paul.
3: Yeah, what clearance? was. Well, the Swansea seemed to be appealing for something, there, didn't they? Was it handball or something? It, I think it was. Uh, but, yeah. but I mean, great commitment from the players. It was. Um, it reminded me a little bit of Reading away last year, where we were sort of just throwing bodies on the line and clearing shots off the line with any anything we could find, really. And there was a touch from someone first. Was it, I mean, it? Might have even been a little Bentley touch before it that. It was as a Bentley. Well. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. say before that. I, but yeah. I
0: do think it, it it came came up onto Map's arm. Um, that's what they appealed for. Whereas I, my immediate focus was on Keith Stroud thinking, "Look at your watch, please tell me that went over the line."
3: <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. They, were, yeah. they were clearly appealing for something, weren't they? Because they yeah. weren't appealing for the ball going yeah, over was, the line. Was, hand the yeah, yeah. was handball. Yeah, was Yeah.
0: 40th
1: minute, another point-blank save from Dan Bentley. And I've, I've written a, a big word here, Matt. I'm running out of superlatives to oh, say about Oh, yeah, that's impressive. That's impressive, yeah. Thank you. But that was the one that was literally like right in front of his face, wasn't it? And it was just yeah. real great reactions. And, and Was I think that the double one? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was so the double one, wasn't it? Point-blank save, and then he sort of hooked it over the bar or around the corner. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're, we're riding our luck, really,
0: for the first 40 minutes in most part. Lisa Knight said it at halftime, didn't she? Um, and it was a great shape That His core strength for that, to, to make the first save, point blank. I think it was Horahan with the header, but point blank. And to then be able to keep that sort of structure and core and then get up and flip the ball over sort of top right. Yeah, just, just a fabulous... Mm. Fabulous game from Bentley. really. He didn't put a foot wrong, did he? Yeah, looking forward to the rating for Bentley mm. later, Matt. Um, Paul, Tyler comes off, Sesson
1: Young comes on. Just good game, you know, player management, that one, really.
3: Well, he had to, didn't he? And I think, you know, I mean, to be fair, performance-wise, he was struggling a bit against, you know, Conor Roberts. I think it was done right side was doing well against him. Um, but obviously, after a yellow card and then a, another foul, it was, uh, you know, you couldn't risk it, could you? You couldn't risk playing against that team with 10 men, and yeah. you you think any manager would have done the same. But I think a few might have waited to half time, it's what half, 30 seconds before half time. But yeah, right decision, it had to be right decision. I think he understandably looked upset coming off, but hopefully, he's you know had yeah. a few people sit around, around him and you know it'd be good experience for him in the long term.
1: Yeah he'd, yeah, he'd absolutely understand the reasons, uh, why. Um, and and yes, he was up against a good player, but. The, the football from from Tyler in the first half you know the the passes oh, up the line yeah the, yeah doing the basics He's so well. you can
0: see he's a midfielder can't you you know from from his upbringing he's so comfortable on the ball and he doesn't really waste the pass and and I'll, I'll qualify that slightly in so much as he, he played a few up the line where he's expecting a runner and I don't class that as a wasted pass because it was the right ball mm. Um but he just looked very comfortable and as, as Paul said there, I mean, Swansea were targeting him. I didn't actually think the foul on IE was really a foul. And yet IU, is, you could hear the screams. Um, <laughs> and and Paul's absolutely right. You know, you expected it. But how many games have we watched over the years, lads, where we could see there was a red card coming? Mm. Nathan Baker, case in point, you know, there was a, a couple, I can't think when the game was, but he was obviously going to get sent off and you were crying for the, the change to be made. Um at the time, I don't know if it was yeah. Cots or... It didn't come, did um, it? Yeah, exactly. And he got sent off and we were caught. So it, it was good management. And I, and I really liked the way that Nigel Pearson sort of put his arm around him as he came off. And I've got a feeling he had a little chat with Pat Mountain as well to sort of say, have a word with him. Um, mm. Sort of Lineker-esque.
3: Yeah, but you know. say Lineker, wouldn't they?
0: yeah? yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it, as he said, yeah it's good experience for him. Yes, he's going to be disappointed. Mm. Um, But what was probably the best thing about that was you then got the saw Sassignon come on and what a Mm. performance from him in the second half.
1: So we're going out the break, nil-nil. And I think we'd have all took that at halftime. Quick tweet. From Sham Red, the positives, Dan Bentley, and it's nil-nil. The negatives, just about everything else. Our inability to keep hold of the football is bordering on embarrassing at this level. We're inviting Swansea on to us, and it's going to cost us. I thought that was a tiny bit harsh myself. Um, but, obviously we're all open to our own opinions. But we did, we did, no doubt, hang on in that first half, Paul.
3: Very much so. Yeah, I mean, yeah and shows how important it was. I think, you know, when your goalkeeper makes saves like like he did and when you've got players clearing shots off a line and last-ditch tackles, you know, it it could very easily have been 3-0 at half-time, couldn't it? So I guess mm. that's maybe where, where those comments are coming from. But, um, yeah, I, don't, I didn't think we were especially bad. I think Swansea were just very good and we were struggling to work out how to how to negate that and how to how to get out of our, you know, the back nine. We We're all being pressed back, weren't they? I mean, Wells sort of switched it back in quite early, didn't they? About halfway through the first half to try and add an extra, extra bit of a support there. Um, we're playing sort of 5-4-1, four one, weren't we, for the last fifteen minutes? And it, yeah, it worked to an extent, I think. But we were just, yeah, we're just struggling against a good footballing side with a good midfield who were, who were attacking us and attacking us in areas where with Taylor potentially we were a little bit, yeah, a little bit suspect defensively.
0: Yeah, I think you've got to look at it, patch as well, and and look at who you're playing. But also, we're a team that, all right, we were one win and a new manager on the back of seven defeats in a row. So we've got no right to go over to Swansea, who were, I don't know what they were in the table, third, fourth, but you yeah, know, probably with a an eye on um second spot. We had no right to go over there thinking we were gonna get you know too much out of the game. Um, and again, it's not I'm not criticizing the the, the comment because I put we we were wasteful a couple of times, um, I think from the back, we kind of just hoofed it clear, but not under the pressure where we could have found a pass and we didn't. We just hoofed it. Um, and then it was just coming back to us, wasn't it? And for Mara and Naki, the ball wasn't sticking there at all. So it's, you know, it's it's, it's fair comment from that. But again, I think you have to look at the opposition that you're playing against and the run we're, we're on the back of. Mm.
1: Okay, so we come out second half. We've we've changed formations. Zach Viner's come into the midfield. Did you see that as four four two, Matt? Then
0: um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think I think um certainly we changed it again a bit later on, if not, but it looked like Famara was playing sort of up front on his own and, and Naki was kind of pushed left. So I'm not quite. It's so difficult to tell on the TV, know, isn't it? I know. Um, mm. Yeah, that's sure why I read it as well. What yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, that's yeah. why I read it. I thought I'm going to say. I think we started to do that in the first half anyway, with Wells dropping yeah. back in. And I think, I think it was quite a fluid. It was, a, it was an attacking 4 five, one and I've yeah. banged on for years about formations not really mattering too much, depending on you know the personnel and who you're playing there. But yeah. you can still be attacking with a four-five-one, and it was. It, it turned into four-three-three three very quickly, yeah. even four-two-four four at times of a way. You, you know Viner and we were going forward, Casey yeah. Palmer were getting into the box and getting alongside the Jeju. So you know mm. it was a, yeah, it was a four four five one I would say as a base formation.
1: So we, we saw glimpses of it working straight away with uh, Adam Nage. Um, he he broke um, links up well with with Naki Wells. Wells gives it back to Nage and gets a cross in, um, and from the resultant corner, it's a short corner into in from Casey Palmer and. The the Backenson just didn't get hold of his shot. He could have wrapped his left foot around it. Instead, he sort of tried it with his right foot,
0: Matt. Yeah, use your swinger in it. Um, and I'm a fine one to talk because my my left foot was always ever just a swinger. <laughs> but to try and score penalty spot with the outside of your right foot and a challenge coming in, you know, and having to try and generate the power swinging around on it, yeah, it, it should have been a left foot it did, shot. It but... did
1: look like something from the training ground, but he didn't. Yeah. look like he expected the move. It.
0: Did the move <laughs> did? I mean, c- cases. And we'll we we'll talk about Casey sort of more, but but Casey getting into that pocket and then looking to find it like that—that's that's what Casey Palmer's yeah. about in it?
1: Well, fifty-fourth minute was the turning point in the game. Seemingly at the at that particular time, in a bad way, but turns out in a very good way because it kicked us into gear. It was a penalty to Swansea. Casey Palmer, stupid handball. You, you shouldn't be putting your hands anywhere near it in the box, especially if there's nowhere, no one within a you know a few meters of you. But unfortunately, a penalty was given and uh, it was a wake-up call for City. Obviously, it was a uh, finished well and Bentley almost got to it, Paul. But um, yeah, it was one of those where it was a massive wake-up call, wasn't it?
3: It was. And I think it was to Casey Palmer, who after that moment, I thought was absolutely outstanding. I mean, it's a bit of a brain fart from him, wasn't it? It was a strange thing to do. (laughs) He wasn't under particular pressure. He could have even let it drop and still have a chance to, you know, either... Kick the ball out, or, or get get close to the attacker coming on runners at the other side. But, and Bentley did get it was a hell of a penalty, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. Bentley got close to it, but he yeah. <laughs> couldn't have done anything about it. It was just yeah. a a perfect penalty. But yeah, as it turned out, you you looked at that and thought almost felt sorry for Daniel Bentley, thinking all that effort he put in in the first half was going to go to waste and a defeat again, and he was going to be a be fed up with it. But um, yeah, as it yeah. turned out, it was exactly what we needed. I think
1: I expected, it for, for really, expected him to save it with the game he was having. But uh, yeah, it was it was as you oh. say it was a great penalty, Matt.
0: I use a different class, and, he, and what, I, what I liked about Bentz was that he did stand up, and I has got that kind of stuttering run. Um, I will just say on the penalty, I didn't see any footage, clearly enough, that showed that it was definitely handball. It was one of those chest, kind of top-of-the-arm moments. Um, if I was putting money on it, I would say it was, but I don't know how Keith Stroud gives that from his position, is, is my call,
1: because he's
0: behind the play, and to the other side of it, how can he absolutely be 100% sure that it hits his hand? We uh, I might know see it the, from a different angle and it might be clear yeah. as day, but I didn't... Maybe that's my Casey bias coming through. We don't know
1: it, We don't know if the linesman flagged for it or anything, but... Uh, yeah.
3: Who no, was, but yeah, it, it yeah. was a strange one. <laughs> I think as well, um, it'd be interesting to go back. I couldn't, I couldn't quite remember. There was seemed to be some consternation about the fact that we had the ball and yeah. the referee gave the drop ball to... Basically, back to them to build up, start building my attack up.
0: Yeah, was that the one where Deju kind of went at the header with the guy and he went down? Um, and then we had the ball and knocked it back, but he would given the free kick. I
3: th- yeah, so, I said I, I couldn't quite remember. It's just two or three or yeah. so on Twitter start questioning why that, why that happened and what, yeah, mm-hmm. what would happen there. But uh, yeah, no, right. I don't, don't care anymore, yeah, as, as we say.
1: <laughs> yeah, we don't care. Uh, 58th minute. It, this is where we started to turn the screw, so good break. Um, and Naj just received the ball in an offside position. But that was yeah. our first real sort of getting into the box. But unfortunately, he was just offside. And I I, I saw that straight away, even though it wasn't yeah, in the ground. But it was a
0: good flowing move, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was starting to show that we we're putting some passes together in, in, in advanced positions. Uh, 61st minute, a great ball in from the free kick from Casey Palmer. And unfortunately, Kalash can't just quite get his foot on it I think he gets his foot on it but there's a Swansea defender just lead prone on the floor that he kicks it at and it goes uh, goes out for a goal kick but um, yeah again another chance another opportunity one where you think this has to be a goal Matt
0: yeah um, <laughs> I don't know it, it it just felt like one of those moments for me um, and as, as well as we played I just thought oh you know we're just not going to get anything out of this at all um but it, it it's interesting, isn't it? That that moment with with the penalty previously would heads have dropped, would yeah. we have completely gone, you know, the other way, and it could have been a four, five, six-nil, you know, defeat. And that that again makes me think you've got a bloke now where you know he was encouraging from the sidelines. I'm not saying that Dean wasn't, but all is uh, the first too, time I've seen he? Well, it's the first time I've seen Downing out of his seat. And the three of them at times were in the technical area, giving out instructions and stuff. So yeah, it was, which, it, which it was I'm just not a big, really positive. I'm not a big fan of
1: that, Matt. I think it's should just be one person giving instructions.
0: I, I guess it depends what, what you're giving and what you're saying it to. Yeah, absolutely. You don't want any differences. And, and I know from youth football, me and me brother would be on the sidelines and, and one would be shouting something and one shouting something else. Um norm, and you normally at each other. Normally at each other, yeah, <laughs> squaring off. Yeah. Um, but it just it just felt to me like a, a coaching team today, you know. The, the three of them were all seemed to be of the same voice.
1: Yeah. Okay, so 65th minute is the goal for Bristol City, and it was a great burst forward from Zach Viner, who uh you know gets into the box. And he's had a few performances of late, obviously in the last six games where being in midfield just hasn't really worked for him. He's looked assured and everything. Then he drops back into the defence in the last game and has an anonymous game, but does his job well. Comes into the centre midfield this time, obviously with a few different instructions, bursts forward, He squares it or just pulls it back slightly. And I I think, obviously, we can't see who's running onto it. But luckily for us, uh, he finds Nackie Wells, who is the person, the exact person you want to be on the end of that. And he bends it right-footed into the corner. And we go level, Matt.
0: Great, great ball. Um, I thought that the the movement from Zach Viner, it would have been really easy to go down under the challenge. um, But he was really committed, bombed forward, um, and I think he did pick out Wells because um, he could, you know, Naki Wells is running onto it. And, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd be interested to take Paul's view on in a minute about Naki Wells because we've obviously talked at length on the podcast about give the bloke the service in the middle of the box and he will score your goals. Um, and I, I firmly believe that. And what a finish. You know, it was just a, a goal scorer's finish for me.
1: Yeah, when he when he's when he gets his shot away, you you, oh. you more and more or less guarantee it's going to be. And
0: I think Jack Hunt said it didn't he that he any, anywhere in and around the box, he, he will look to shoot. Or Tommy, you know, that's yeah, yeah, Tom. That's what, <laughs> what did I who did I say? Jack Hunt. Yeah, put it got, yeah. I <laughs> you an inside lines of pitch, Yeah, there, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, so I think Paul, I think what Paul. you're saying
3: about Wells is, I mean, it's he's been a conundrum, hasn't he? I think it's probably a good word for the first year of his time here. He's Shown some signs. Well, I thought interestingly, I thought it's interesting he scored that goal today playing out wide because mm. when he's played wide in the past, whether through instruction or whether through his lack of desire, he hasn't got himself in that position, he hasn't come in enough. And yeah, you know, that's almost what you want for your left winger, isn't it? That's exactly what a good left, you know. That's what a, a Salah does or a Mane, you know, they come Absolutely. in from that wide position and attack the ball in the middle of the area coming on, and it's exactly what you want him to do because. The centre-backs aren't ready for him because he's playing out wide. And, yeah, so whether it's just a refresh of his attitude with a new manager and a fresh start for him, the signs are blimmin' promising, aren't they? Because he suddenly, in the last, I think, three games, I would say I thought he played really well. I thought he was probably our best player in Holden's last match. I thought he worked hard that night and played well. Um, But, again, playing in the middle then, yeah, he suddenly looks like the player we signed, a a 20-goal-a-season attacking pacey striker.
1: Yeah. Okay, seventy first minute. Zach Viner's in the action again. He shoots from twenty yards, which is a good shot. Test the keeper, and I think that goes
0: out for a corner. Matt, he did. Yeah, I think. Um, don't know if that's what what led to what we're going to talk about, but yeah, it was a again. It, it, I don't know if you put it, Patch, but someone put it in the group that, that Viner was on fire, and he was. He just. He, this is going to say, he looked like a real man in midfield. He mm. he was he was bossing it. He was striding through. He was taking shots and. That's, that's what we've been calling out for. You know, we want someone that's going to do that and hopefully, you know, we thought Joe Williams was going to be that, but Zach Viner's showing his versatility there, because I thought he's been very good, That he was very good the other night at Middlesbrough playing at the back um, and to move into that, it gives you that option doesn't it, if you've got, you know, someone you can you can push forward like that. I
3: Imagine. thought his, sorry, I thought his um, he obviously isn't as good as this, but I thought it was a very reminiscent of a good Yaya Torre. I thought it was a very similar style, quite graceful but yeah, a bit of power in as well, but he was bursting, bursting forward, getting shots on the edge of the area, getting into balls in behind the defence. I just, I was trying to think of who it reminded me of, and he was probably, yeah, probably the best one I came up with in, in terms of that performance second half. Well,
2: yeah,
1: and going from a defensive mindset into an attacking mindset in the space of twenty minutes as well to be able to switch up, switch that around as well is is a great, a great talent. And you'd not- also,
0: sorry, Pat, yeah, you'd also say with that that has to be from a coaching point of view. Because we've seen Zach Reiner playing in midfield. He's not done that in any of the games he's played midfield, has he? So yeah. that is something that they've obviously worked on, or at halftime, they've said to him, this is what we want you doing. Yeah,
1: It's not quite the uh, incident that we're going to go on to talk right. about. Uh, 74th minute, it was a poor free kick from Jack Hunt, uh, which you know was in a, getting the ball into the box. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. It just went to the keeper. Swansea broke. And it was great defending at the back from Sessignon, Paul.
3: He was, certainly oh, wasn't he, I thought, yeah. It was, it was that one where he got his sort of foot around the ball? Yeah, I just yeah, perfectly so. timed challenge, perfectly timed little touch. He, he He's clearly got the pace. I mean, that's what, yeah, we haven't got with Tommy Rowe. I mean, Tommy Rowe's done a solid job for us, but he hasn't got that sort of recovery pace. Um, and potentially, maybe once or twice he was out of position, but he recovered so well. And that was, a, I just thought, that was a superbly timed little touch. And it it wasn't dangerous, was it? it although yeah. he was reaching around him, it, it never looked like being a foul. It just It just timed it to absolute perfection. And was a nice moment in a way. I think this summed up how good he was in that second half.
1: 80th minute. My special move when I played uh, adult football was scoring from corners, direct. And Casey Palmer must have been watching me because uh, he swings one in, right-footed, bends it into the top corner. Uh, absolutely fantastic. I don't know whether he was trying that. He probably was, actually, knowing Casey. But um, what a <laughs> what a goal. And, uh, oh, God, Matt, I screamed at that point as well, oh, I mate.
0: think. And uh, I can
1: see you were jump, jumping around your lounge. By. You,
0: you know I'm a massive Casey Palmer fan, and I I don't, you know, I'm not gonna hide that. I am. Um I I think I think it's one of those, and, and Hurahan was doing it a lot, and, and we've come up with a, a few teams this season that do it. Keep keepers seem to get no protection from corners now. You can you have three or four players all around the keeper, he's got no chance of coming for it. If he does, doesn't get a free kick. And I've I've sort of was thinking, in fact, I said to my brother at halftime they're whipping the ball across and you know bent is going to get caught under one because he can't get out and we did exactly the same and it was that it was i mean hey what a nice thing to have a corner i think we had three today um (laughs) but it was brilliant and and i i think it was a move because maps kind of blocked off the the front post i don't know who it was who ended up in the back of the net but one of our boys were in the back of the net before the ball had gone in the net (laughs) um and obviously casey was just over the moon in you know Paul sort of said about the brain fight with the penalty, from that point on, everything good going forward, Casey Palmer was involved in when he was yeah. He was just really trying to drive us forward. Um, and hopefully that will give him the confidence now, because I can't recall too many games where Casey's played, what was it, 85 minutes?
1: Mm. Yeah,
3: your, hmm. thoughts
0: on, your thoughts on the goal, Paul?
3: Yeah, I mean, just going back to what Matt was saying, really, I think the... Again, you're playing players in their right positions. You know, Casey Palmer in a three in central midfield. I think it's, it's the only position he can play, to be fair to him. I don't think he can play any other position and be effective because he just does, doesn't do it. Um, but you he could do it today, knowing he had Naj and Backinson and Viner who are, you know, in behind him, supporting him and, and helping him out, because it was just uh he was just almost given that free role. Um but yeah, great. Great call! I mean, he's obviously got a talent. We've always known he'd have a talent, um, and I love the celebration as well. Apparently, his wife's due into labour tonight, so hence uh, yeah. the baby uh, celebration as well. So, yeah, yeah what a uh, what a day it could be for him!
1: And scoring as well at Swansea, where he sort of was in and out of the team a little bit he, as well. You he looked up for really, it, didn't, didn't he?
0: he? Yeah, I he looked it, really it. determined. Absolutely. Be interesting if he does if it's a boy and he calls it Patch because of the corner routine, isn't it?
1: Well, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> um, probably Patrick, but yeah, no, yeah. it's, up, it's yeah. up to him. It's yeah. his baby. Um 88th minute, great defending from Calas. Some defenders could have easily given away a penalty in that situation, but he just ushered the ball really well. It was the player got on the wrong side of him, and I honestly thought, here we go. That's a penalty, Matt. Did you, did you see that as well? Do you feel that?
0: again, I thought it was just I, I thought Calas was class today. Um and really stood up again, um again against, against a, a you know a, a very good team and against. A forward line in low in, in IU are, are going to be right up there in this division. Um, yeah, it, it was great defending, great defending.
1: 89th minute, Casey Palmer comes off, Semenyo comes on. Um, was that just game t- t- time management, Matt, or was there sort of something in that?
0: I, I just thought Casey's legs had gone a little bit. I think he put so much effort in and, and um, emotional effort as well that I just think he was he was spent. Um, so, again, I thought it was, it was good management, seeing that. And also, you know that you've got Antoine's going to get out of the pitch for you, isn't he?
1: Yeah, okay. 93rd minute, obviously, squeaky bum time's in full flow now. 93rd minute, AU swivels and shoots. Hearts are in mouth because we can't tell where where it's going. That happened again a couple of minutes later. He sort of did a you know, shot from sort of Peter Crouch range, didn't he? And swiveled and, and shot, and you yeah. didn't know where that was going either. But uh, yeah, to, uh, then Naki Wells had another chance, a toe poke shot that he sort of latched onto, and you didn't think he was going to quite get onto that one, uh, Paul. But he managed to get his toe poke on it, and again, that could have been that could have been three one at that point.
3: Yeah, I thought it was in as well, didn't you? To say, I think I thought that one was in as much as I thought AU's was as well the minute earlier. Um, yeah, I just thought it was, it was actually a very good game of football. The neutrals would have loved that game because it was end-to-end, there were chances. That, I mean, again, it genuinely, genuinely could have been 4-4, I think, very easily um, as a game. And it was open and we just yeah, was there. What I liked is we did do that. We were 2-1 up away at Swansea and we're still... Hitting them and attacking them on a counter attack, and yeah. we haven't seen very much of that in the last two or three years. We yeah we we haven't scored more than two goals very often in the last two years, and we have scored three twice in a week. But um,
0: well, let's let's be fair about it. if that's if that's Lee Johnson and and possibly Dean Holden as well, but certainly Lee Johnson, we're making a, a defensive substitution, aren't we? Yeah. Taylor Moore comes on there, and he probably takes off Mackie Wells. Um, or yeah, exactly, yeah.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah just like very briefly touch on Lee Johnson. I saw Sunderland made a quadruple substitution today, which i, <laughs> I smiled at <laughs> while I was right on Lee Johnson Street. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> line, but no, we did. We, is that, again, is it, oh, it's all about intent. Go back to that formation thing. It doesn't mm. really matter if you're playing 4 2 4 or 4 5 1. It depends how you get your players to play within that formation and where you, where you ask them to defend and where you ask them to press and where you ask them to make runs. And we just kept making runs and kept going forward. All the way, and and it was lesser. I think at that point it was probably one or two breaking forward rather than four or five breaking forward, which it was in the middle of a second half when we were chasing the game. But we were still doing it, and we weren't just sitting in and letting them play it around at the back because they're good at that. And we saw that in the first half, they're good at playing it through, but through midfield. But we just didn't really let them settle.
1: I wonder just if just one. F- oh, Sorry, was, going, one. going back to what Paul said about. I wonder if that's the first time that we've that it's ever happened. Four subs on at once. Uh, I don't know. It could be close, wouldn't <laughs> and, it? And obviously five subs on it once as well could happen, but you know, pretty wholesale changes. Sorry, Matt, go on.
0: Yeah. I was just going to say, um in, in terms of that movement and the way that we were sort of going forward, Famara, I don't think I've seen a game from Famara in his time with us where he's won so many headers but directed his headers as well. They weren't just sort of one of the better phrase, aimless flick-ons. He was mm. directing the ball wide. And the time, there must have been four or five occasions where he, he sort of put a header wide and Mackie Wells is then breaking wide left. Um, I thought it was a, a a really, really top forward performance from from Femar in the second half with that. Mm. Yeah, uh, and he was so up against it with two sort of, I think they they had like a midfielder would sit in front of him when the ball came in and then the defender behind him.
1: Well, and Tommy um, Ray was saying yeah. in commentary that he thrives on that.
0: Yeah. I thought it was a really, like I said, and, and it was stemmed from the other night. And, and Patrick, I've got to give you credit for this one. The other night, I didn't notice that the the header for Wells's goal against Borough was like a diving header. Oh, it was brilliant, you know, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. fantastic! When you saw it, I mean, in the, in the moment of the game, I thought it was just kind of a flick on. But and that's what I meant today. He was doing that again. It was it was heading it with a purpose, mm. as opposed to just aimlessly flicking it.
3: Mm. He's got. People making those runs around him. Yeah. make that that's worthwhile, hasn't it? Again, that's yeah, right the difference pool. when yeah. he's often been played one up front and no one anywhere near him and yeah. he has to hold the ball up. He's not very really good at that. Um, QPR away would be the other one, I'd say. I remember him doing that quite well yeah. when we were last year. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. I thought, yeah, it's two games in a row. I think he's, well, one and a half games at least where he's been absolutely super and looked like he's revelling and having a proper partner up there and people, people coming around him.
1: Yeah. 97th minute. 10 pounds in my pocket. (laughs) Um, a bet that I had with a friend, he he didn't think so. Name check, Pat. Name check, Paul Paul Phelan said that Semenyo would not get a goal league goal this season, and uh, I obviously took that bet on because I i knew he would at some point. Um, I I was starting to doubt it, I must admit, but uh, fair play to him. What great chasing down, um, great gets the block in. Bounces well for him. He taps it in on the line. I'm so happy for Antoine Semenya to get that goal, Matt.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Um, And again, easy to... At 2-1, when the ball's rolled back like that, is to kind of just drop back in and try and get your shape back, as opposed to thinking, do you know what? Now I'm going to close him down. And, you know, his his run... um, All right, you you get a bit fortunate. How many times you see those ricochet out out for a a goal kick, a throw in, a corner, whatever... But yeah, brilliant. And the, the celebration, that backflip again, wasn't it? It was superb. Going yeah, back, going back sorry, to Sorry, yeah,
3: every every City fan would have just loved that, wouldn't they? That moment he's oh, been gosh. so good, so good at times for us this season. He's had a yeah. few few low periods. But I get to your point, I wonder I don't think I've seen us do that in the last for the last two years. Lee Johnson's no. early days, Bobby yeah. Reed would have been doing that and going yeah. in on a keeper at that stage, but we haven't in the last year and no. a half. We we sit back and I don't think it would have happened under Lee Johnson and probably not right. under right. Dean Holden either.
1: Yeah, yep. going back to your point, Matt. If if uh, Taylor
0: Moore comes on for Casey Palmer, then we don't get that third goal. It, it's it's one of those, it? and and you know Lee Johnson's not the only coach by any stretch of the imagination that does it. You know, there's there's so many coaches that do. But I think when you're when you're ahead in the game and actually you're in the game as an attacking force, and I never understand why you do do that. Why why would you take off an attacking player, bring on a defender? Because all you are then doing is inviting it on and and Brian Tinian made a point the other night that um, the more you invite crosses into the box and shots the more chances there are they're going to score from it and you know even the best sides are going to concede if they keep getting shots against them so yeah I, I was so so pleased to see that positive step from him and then for Antoine and who knows what that will do for Antoine's confidence again now.
1: Mm. Okay, so some tweets at the final whistle. Ben from Robins on Tour. Can't wait for the podcast tonight. Come on, you Reds. Dean Allen, a Bristol City side reborn. The arrival of Nigel Pearson has brought organisation, but more importantly, belief. Rode our luck in a one-sided first half, but grew into the game for a momentous victory. Casey Palmer inspired and a league goal for Semenyo at last. Um, virtual Robin, great to see. Inspired and confident second period for Bristol City shows the value of managers' halftime team talk and decision to change the formation. Um, and yeah, great second half performance from Up the Bristmas City. Uh, after Bent's kept us in the first half, five more points, and I'll relax. Um, actually, that was from Julian Haynes. Apologies to Julian. Uh, thank you for the tweet. Um, so yeah. Two games, six two on aggregate. What a, what a turnaround! And for you, Paul, I'll ask you this question: What's obviously the new manager, Banks, and everything, and the, the the change in mindset? But how is this the same group of players that we were watching for the last six games?
3: It's a very good question, isn't it? I think Keith Downing said something after the last game about you have to ask where it's been for the last seven matches. And I think you, you do. You know, it is a you always get a new manager, Banks, but something had gone wrong, hadn't it? Something had gone wrong yeah. in that dressing room. Something had just been affected um, on confidence, on attitude, whatever it was, I don't know. And, you yeah, know, we've clearly made the right decision. Even, you yeah, know, after two games, you can see that. Um, and I think it's, I just, there's a togetherness feel again. I haven't felt that for the last three. was I mean, a great, yeah. I took a photo and stuff on Twitter of them all hugging at the end of, all a big know, circle at the end of the match. And that's
0: just, just what I was going to show you, Paul. and And you've just said it there. That it's just togetherness, and
3: we haven't seen that for the last two or yeah. three months.
0: That photo is screensaver. That is proper. Yeah. What, what I like. I mean, about I think that... everybody's there, Paul, aren't they? Yeah. The
3: whole, the whole
0: staff, everybody is
3: yeah. there. And what I liked about that, Tommy Rowe was saying afterwards, that wasn't planned. We didn't discuss we could do that after. It just happened impromptu because of a great team performance from the coaching yeah. staff, players, and I thought that was a really, uh, yeah, really special moment. Yeah.
1: Just looking at that now, actually. Yeah, that uh, is great. And they're all looking
0: at Nigel Pearson. He's obviously saying something, but well,
1: that's... he commands the room. We were take, we were chatting earlier about Danny Wilson yeah. with Alan Hedford. Oh, he yeah. commanded the room. Um and yeah, you, Nigel Pearson walks into a walks into a pub. This isn't a joke, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Nigel Pearson walks into a pub. Yeah. Um he walks into a room and everyone's gonna turn around and take notice. Mm. So uh, yeah, that's clearly what's happening there. Right, Matt, player ratings.
0: Yeah just just before I do how many shots did Swansea have oh god uh 10 21, 15 21 21. <laughs> 21 nine on target possession 60 70 30 Jesus so so for me that's another not yet yeah, final whistle that's an instance where you look at stats and you go it it tells a tale tell from the first half definitely but from the second half we we were proper in that game let alone the fact we won 3-1 but you know it, it's easy isn't it when you people talk about stats and Lee Johnson was a great one and unfortunately they, they didn't give the box entries on here but um yeah for me there's one stat that matters isn't there and that was the one 3-1 one at the top so yeah brilliant. i think the
3: difference for me today was when we were having that sort of result earlier in the season we maybe you know 1-1 one, at one, one, the forest and there's a couple of where other times where Bentley's had an amazing game and you you kind of feel we got away with it yeah but because again of our attacking intensity we didn't it it, it it should have been probably three nil to Swansea at halftime, but it probably yep. should have been four four all or five four at the end because yeah. of the way we played. Whereas in other games where we've scraped a draw or scraped to win, you sort of feel we were lucky not to lose that three or four one. Yeah. Yeah,
0: completely.
1: Go on, Matt. Okay, Take this away. I'm I'm grabbing a beer, okay?
0: All right, mate. Yeah. Um so Dan Dan Bentley um for for me, man of the match because that performance in the first half obviously kept us in the game and enabled us to then go on to do what we did. Um, and I, and I've, I'm sort of sat here as I was thinking about it, thinking I, I've I very rarely given a nine if at all. It's a definite nine, and you can't you can't be blamed for the goal. <laughs> you can't be blamed for the goal because it's a pen. It, it was almost a ten performance from Dan Bentley. Um, and I don't, know, I don't know when I'll give a 10. I think um, it,
1: has to, it has to be a clean sheet. Yeah, and yeah, that's surely. the thing. But
0: it, I guess a pen is kind of difficult, isn't it? But it's a definite nine-man-and-a-match for me, for Dan Bentley.
1: Yeah,
0: 100%. Um, we wouldn't have been so, in the yeah. game if it weren't for him. No, but I don't know what else he could have done for a 10. Like you say, maybe a clean sheet saved the pen. But um, just because in terms of the way that they, they've come up on the, sort of the, the phone for me to remember who was playing and who started. Um, Zach Viner, I've got to give an 8. Um, I thought defensively um he was he was very good. He was part of a really strong defensive unit. I, I actually, no, let me read. I guess we actually gave a lot of opportunities and we were reliant on Dan Bentley. So um I thought he defended well, but we still allowed opportunities. But the second half, when he went into midfield, it was his drive and determination that helped change that game, wasn't it? So it's an eight for me for Zach. Um Thomas Kalas for, for similar reasons. Um, I thought again he defended second half, excellent. Um, but we allowed too many opportunities the first half. So I'm going at eight for Thomas. Um, and the same for Adrian Mariapa. Um, and maybe I'm carried away with a three-one, but when you go nil-nil at halftime like that, they are defenders, aren't they? That's their job to try and keep the ball out. Eh? And when, um,
1: when we've seen some of the performances with Mariapa, yes, he's been out of position, yeah. but it's like a new player, isn't it?
0: it? It is, and it makes, again, you look at it, none of us, and I'll, I'll put Paul on the spot. Paul, would you have been playing Mariapa left-back left, left back or left-wing-back?
3: No, no, we were forced and, into it, weren't we? It's, well, we, yeah. we
0: kind of were, but he, he there, there must, I mean, Riley Taylor is a better option at left-wing-back than Mariapa was from, from that point of view. Um, and I think you've just seen a player playing in the center, but more importantly, playing in the center of the center, um, and not Callas being there. He's 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 been excellent the last two games. So yeah, he's he's an eight for me with that one. Um Tyreek, oh actually Jack Hunt. Sorry, I'll go Jack Hunt. Um obviously everyone who listens to this podcast knows that I'm critical of Jack Hunt. Um, I thought Jack had a good game today. Um I thought going forward he, he was linking, he's playing some, some decent passes in. I've criticized his throw-ins, a couple of throw-ins he did today. We actually had an attack off the back of it. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna give Jack Hunt a seven today. Blimey. Um, which yeah, and, and again, maybe I'm I'm, I'm still just fall off by my chair. Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've fallen, Vic. Um, but you know, credit where credit's due. He, he did get caught with one deep cross in the second half where he came a little bit too in um but yeah i I thought it was a good performance from jack hunt today um so that'll please the listeners um tyreek i'm going six um i thought he was a little bit lost in the first half but again came into it in the second half and paul talked about us sort of bombing forward and having kind of a a 4-3-3 tyreek actually got forward quite a bit and and he had a couple of chances to to score today Um, So I thought it was a much better second half performance. But, yeah, it's a six for me. Um, Adam Nash, uh, I'm going to go seven. um, And the reason being, I thought his energy again um, was excellent. But actually, there was end product today. He was linking the ball well. He was breaking it up and passing it inside to to Casey. Um, So I thought Adam did really well. Riley, um, I'm going to go five. Um, I'm not going to beast the lad because he is a young lad. He got taken off at halftime and, and people will go, he's a three, is a four. But actually I thought he's up against a really, really good player in Roberts and we were getting pulled all over the pitch, but I thought his passing and, and his calmness on the ball was very good. So I'm only going to give him a five on that. I'm not going to go lower than that. Um, Casey Palmer, I'm going seven. Um, I thought first half he was trying, he, um he put in a couple of really good challenges again um those sort of sliding tackles that he likes but wasn't getting enough of the ball in the dangerous areas that we talk about um yes he gave the pen away but again i'm kind of debating that but from that point on i thought he was he was electric and obviously he gets the the goal that puts us in front so i'm going seven for casey um for mara who i've been critical of of late um i thought it was an, an eight performance um Probably we didn't see enough of him in terms of efforts on goal and stuff, but you know even defensively again, there was a couple of headers that he, he, he sort of put in for cross it for corners. Sorry, so it's an eight for me for Famara, and then Naki Wells um, is a strong eight pushing for a nine because I, I thought his work rate again. Probably I, I I have to say I probably am biased on the second half performance, obviously, mm-hmm. but I thought it was a, a really good strong eight from him, um, and then Sassanian I'm going eight as well. I thought it was a, a performance of Um, as, as Paul said, the tackle that he made um, for that that sort of challenge in the second half was excellent. So may, maybe I'm a little bit overcome with the win and there might be a one or two there that probably, you know, people might think should be marked down a little bit. But if you can't score high on a three-one away win in Swansea um, mm. in the form they're in, when mm. are you going to?
3: No, I think a lot, lot of fairing now, you know, it is funny, isn't it? Because you've done that at half time, it would be interesting to see what the numbers were. Yeah, but yeah, but as I said, it it wasn't a battering in the way but where we just capitulated like we have in the, in the last two months. We were we were trying, we were working, we were just being beat, you know, well not beaten, but we were being outplayed by a better team at that point. So it wasn't like we were playing badly, we were just weren't playing well enough to, to impact the game. Um yeah, I think you're right. I think you've got for me, Bentley, Callas, Viner, um, Palmer, Wells. Jeju, you know, for me, that's that sort of spine of a team that played really well, and yes, yeah, supported very ably by, by the likes of Sessignon and um, Hunt, possibly a little quiet, um, but, but that's not a bad thing for Hunt. I think sometimes you, you don't really want him in the games, it means he's doing an okay job and, and keeping that quiet. But it, they they attacked mostly down the right side, didn't they? I think that was yeah. their, their definitely their. their Plan and the way they played for whatever reason. Um, interesting. I thought their midfield actually was quite deep and sat back quite a lot, and probably helped the likes of Viner and Palmer play in the way they did. And like, interesting, bearing in mind who they had on their bench, I would have thought it was actually set up perfectly for Corey Smith to come Corey. on and get himself about and and try and try and mix it up a bit. I was surprised he didn't, you know, didn't try and change the game when it was going away from them in the second half in that way.
0: Yeah, Grimes was hitting a lot of diag's, wasn't he, and and sort of long range passes. Um, whereas we were playing it short, intricate kind yeah. of get getting us going. So yeah, good good shape. I think
3: that's how they play. They play quite deep midfielders, so they yeah. haven't got anyone close enough to Grimes. Grimes is a great player, but there's no yeah. one usually close enough to him to to get those balls. So he has to hit a lot of longer balls yeah. normally. Um, yeah, I'm just he didn't mix it up more than they did, maybe to try and disrupt our our yeah you know, our our form and our consistency in our second half.
1: Yeah, I honestly thought Corey Smith was a starter for ones Is he not? He's been,
3: injured, he's been injured, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think he's still coming back. So, but obviously, since he signed Horahan, they've now got four players in three positions in that midfield. Really, so it's uh, yeah. yeah, interesting to see how we play it out.
0: And just on Corey Smith patch, um, congratulations to him in and Hattie, who um, announced recently that she's expecting again. Um, yeah, right, and they've yeah. got they've got a YouTube channel, The Smiths. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and the the two boys, Otis and Marley, are just two cracking lads and. Um, this week they um allowed them to find the family to let them know that they were expecting honestly mate oh, it, yeah i mean i'm soft is <laughs> anyway but yeah brought a tear tomorrow it was lovely so yeah i rec- recommend um if you want to be soft and yeah, have, yeah. A, have a look the at that Smiths. It's good yeah the definitely
1: check that out. Um, we had a full-time viewing from Rob Blamey as well. Apologies, Rob, I forgot you almost. Um, consistent and joined-up endeavour. Clever switch to 4-5-1 with Viner wrestling control in the other midfield. Penalty was harsh, but but good never-say-die attitude. Interestingly enough, never felt it was Wells' position that held him back in terms of performance and product, uh, More more so his commitment to it. Score today whilst playing on the left and generally looked more up for it. In that respect, you've got to feel a little sorry for Holden. Perfect way for Semenyu to break his league goal duct. Hopefully now that'll lead to more. Oh, and if anyone watched the Fadeland uncut training, Wells' goal was exactly in line with the work they, some work they did on the training ground regarding cutbacks. So, Good yeah. knowledge,
0: Rob. I mean, Tommy Rowe really
3: mentioned that, didn't he? Did he? Yeah. Actually. Yeah, I think I got a thing he did actually know he said that. Yeah, he meant about working on stuff in training. Yeah.
1: Perfect. Okay, so we're going into the game on Wednesday now. Bournemouth. Oh, hang on. What have we missed? Oh, we've missed the, the management team. The gaffer. We've got
0: yeah. Um it's a nine. It's a nine for the the, the big the big moments in the game. The the Riley Taylor sub, the change in formation, the sub then with Antoine. Um it, it was just it was a joy to watch, wasn't and it? And
1: spring in on the youngsters onto the bench as well. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I'm not, you know, it's easy to get completely overboard with it, isn't it? But um, I, ju- I just feel with 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 Nige that um, he, he commands respect, and I'm not saying that Dean didn't, but you know, he's got that character about him. And as I say, I, I felt it was a coaching team today that got the the big decisions right. What would you? i
3: I'm, I'm intrigued by Matthew. So we got. Three one win away at the top side. Yeah, I mean, we've been on dreadful form. Yeah, and we were struggling first half and changed the formation and changed personnel around to win three
0: one with substitute yep. scoring.
3: How did you get ten?
0: Um, we do well in the first half, <laughs> 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 and he changes it after. But no, I mean, good, good, good shape, good shape, Paul. Because as I say, it's, it's a definite nine. But but you're right. It was big moments, wasn't it? And, and how many times over the last? Well, for me, probably since Cox was in charge in that season, how many times have we looked at our, our sort of gaffer and thought, "Come on, do something, change something, do you know, a, a tweak here," and he, he got all the moments right, didn't he today? Mm-hmm. I think so I was being facetious.
3: No, I was being facetious. I think you're right you know you can't struggle like that in the forty minutes of the first half and probably yeah. get a get a ten. But no, a, it's a just... ten,
1: a ten is beating Man United two one. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or or uh or four or five nil performance. Yeah. Um so yeah, Matt, going into Wednesday night now, Brentford, oh, sorry, Brentford, Bournemouth at home, seven forty-five kickoff, back to back to the normal times. Mm-hmm. Um how'd you change the starting lineup?
0: I probably um Sass comes in for, for Riley after that. Excuse me. After that performance, and then yeah. I don't, I don't change the personnel from from what started the first half um, formation. I don't know what formation Bournemouth are, are sort of playing in. Nigel Pearson sort of said, you know, he, he believes we play our shape, um, but you do look at sort of teams as he did during the game today. But that's that's probably the only change I'd make is is Sessignon for um, for Taylor. Would you do that, Paul? Would you drop Taylor? I
3: think you'd make that change definitely. Yeah, yeah, I think that's all right. I mean Sessignon's more of a first choice anyway, isn't he? He's just been coming yeah. back from fitness. And they talked in a week about um, managing his minutes, You know, which, which is absolutely right by the way, seeing as Patterson's now injured again, Joe Williams now injured again. And yeah, people have come in too early, clearly. Um, yeah, I think you do probably keep the same team. I guess it's just interesting to see how he starts formation-wise because we've now played you know, sort of 3-5-2, three, three, a 4-5-1, a 4-3-3 three, three, at different stages inside two matches. So it'd be interesting to see how he... Mm-hmm how he starts. And I suspect playing another good team, it might be that sort of 4-5-1 we saw in the second half. But again, no issue about whatsoever, as long as you've got midfielders willing to break the lines and go forward. And um, I remember saying, I think it was when Jamie Patterson first came out from Derby about a year ago. And in a game, and I can't remember which one it was, he broke the lines midfield and got past Jeju on a flick on and, and scored a goal. Or I think he set, then set up Jeju for a goal. And that was the first time all season I'd seen any midfielder get forward like that at that point. Yeah. And we almost haven't had it again for another year since for there. We again we did Middlesbrough away last year, Patterson and Viman, but without those two, no one else does it. And it's so today to see Nar to see Narge breaking forward, to see Viner breaking forward and getting in, in behind the striker, so yeah. key to how you attack as a team. Really critical. As long as they're not all doing it, you know, completely ad hoc and losing too much shape and, and too much solidity. But you can play four, five, one. If you've got those midfielders making that sort of run,
0: yeah, spot on. I've got to say, Pax, there's a, I don't know if you've seen this tweet that uh, a guy, Chris Swans fan, BC, Bristol City, worst team I've seen at the Liberty this season, got battered, yet sneaked a result. Third goal was irrelevant. I'd hate to watch (laughs) that week in week eight. (laughs) Honestly, and I know, I know, obviously, it's our club, so we are biased with it, but how can you possibly say that? it was actually a good game for the neutral wasn't it because we were trying to play so that's just a complete yeah Mm. okay
1: um before we go paul i remember a number of years ago you had a bristol city podcast didn't you
3: yes did yes
1: what happened with that you must have been the the original bristol city podcast i reckon yeah, I think we
3: were because I think the um, club didn't. The uh, club have played around a little bit over the years, but yeah, we, had we, Tim we did Shires it.
1: On we had Tim Shires on a few weeks ago, and he sort of told us a little bit about the Bristol City podcast that he started, but it never really. Yeah, got so yeah, it was going. called
3: the called the side diaries. Um, right. Yeah,
1: I was trying to remember. What to it be honest,
3: it was lack of technical expertise. We had a guy doing it who was great, uh, Kevin, but it was very much a part-time thing for him he was struggling to commit to the time and I didn't have the knowledge to really set it up I wish I had that it's become become good business hasn't it the world of podcasting uh, but no we had we had a good um good few sessions I think there's a couple of things I think we we had a sort of mini panel of five or six fans who were all quite positive about the club and I think there's a lot of views but it wasn't enough conflict on there and enough arguing the toss. um okay. But yeah, we had a great. We did a great interview with Sean O'Driscoll. Actually, he was manager at the time. We spent we spent about three hours with him, and he was absolutely fantastic to talk to face to face. He was yeah. a really intelligent guy, amazingly funny and humorous, which you wouldn't put at Sean O'Driscoll's door. You know, if you see him in the, in the interviews and in the that's, not. Yeah. he just hates media. He hates media. He hates talking to cameras, and you know, he doesn't come across how he does. But I mean, yeah, I we got a lot out of him, and I think you really saw what he was trying to do with a club. And actually, if you you know the more fair City fans look back at his time and realise he did actually lay the foundations for Cottrell's success after that, even if, you know, when he left, we were struggling in the league. But the, the players he signed, the likes of Marlon Pack and, and Aidan Flint and people like that were, you know, obviously great players for us. And, you yeah, know, he was a big part of that. And he had to get rid of a lot of Deadwood. He had to get rid of a lot of players. And I, you yeah, know, I was looking back a couple of weeks ago thinking we're not in a dissimilar position here to where we where I felt we were in 2012, 2013, when we had a lot of, 29 30 year old players on big contracts if we go down but um yeah hopefully we turn that corner now but it was good fun i did enjoy it um but yeah just lacked that time myself to set it all up and and um, learn the technical side really
1: yeah no absolutely i mean i so i i first went on my I, I was on, on my cousin's podcast in the states in 2011 and that's when i came home and thought i want to actually get start up three peeps in a podcast which didn't actually start until 2015 <laughs> um once i would worked out how to do it and found a couple of uh willing uh extra peeps um and then the bonus show was born just over a year ago in fact matt
0: wasn't mm-hmm. it it was, mate. Yeah, it was.
1: Yeah. So just, uh, um,
3: One other little thing from today I've seen after the match is um, Jeju and Pearson having a little playful shove of each other on the touchline at the end with big smiles on their faces. And I uh,
2: right, just
3: yeah. wonder if a tide has turned somewhat in his thinking in the last week to Jeju and whether he might. I, I suspect he's far more likely to re sign a contract now with Pearson in charge than he was before. And it might still not happen. He might get a, you know, 40 grand a week but that's the job thing. It could contract round, from somewhere. It, yeah. But I think it's probably more likely than it was two weeks ago, certainly.
0: The only yeah. thing I'd say on that as well, Paul, is that like, when you saw his video um, after the Borough game when he did the 50 51 goal sort of bit, that's a bloke who looks like he absolutely loves the club. And, and yeah. Dean Holden yeah. was at pains to continually say, was not it, that, you know, Fomoro loves the club. He loves the city, loves the club. Sometimes it isn't just about money, is it? You know, and you. No. you know, I'm sure he's getting a very good deal at the City. I mean, by all accounts, you know, one of the best contracts. Mm. Sign the contract, fam. You're happy. You're playing good football. Mm. You've now got a manager that knows what it's all about in this league. Sign the contract, mate. Yeah. I mean,
3: he's got a, a team of advisors, was how it was worded, wasn't it? By uh, yeah. by, by Mark Ashton. Nice. Yeah. And yeah, all in the world, yeah. Of course, yeah. And they're bound to be looking for the best financial deal. But you do again, you yeah. just wonder whether we might just be going back to them now and going, do you know what? Oh, yeah, I do want to stay. It's a good club. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. settled here. We've got a manager now who's gonna take us places and this might be the best, you know, best place for me to be. Yeah. Brilliant.
1: Okay, chaps. Thank you. Obviously, first of all, thank you to Alan Headford for joining us earlier today. Thanks to Paul Binning, the exile Robin for coming on and uh Matt thank you guys I will speak uh, again on Wednesday. Thank we you. We will. There's
0: one, one other thing, Patch. Okay, you did you did have a, a mention of it, but gotta mention Sutz. Oh, um,
1: sorry.
0: Yeah, and I I'm gonna mention him anyway. He hasn't tweeted me, has he? No, he hasn't. He hasn't. But he did. He did tweet earlier on that he um he'd been let down on his accumulator. Um, he was on for nine hundred quid. And guess which team let him down? Oh,
1: did he bet on like Bristol City or something?
0: I all I can say is that he said to me, and I quote, "City is the only game letting me down in an accumulator for nine hundred pounds." But I don't ever. A... <laughs> so yeah, maybe he had us to draw. Let's, let's say that. He yeah. had us as a, as oh, a draw.
1: I had 2-1. Adam Nage to score any time, and that was going to bring me 200 quid. But uh,
0: Yeah, we're going oh, to just speak to oh, Rob before next week's game and ask what he's betting on. Because he he's, he's, well, he's had another winner today. Wait, he's had another winner today, hasn't he? How many losses yeah. has he
1: had there? That's what we want to know. <laughs> right, we'll leave it there. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please do like, share, and subscribe. We've got another Robins Reunited episode coming up in a few weeks' time. We've got Gary Hours and Rob Edwards. So uh, check that out. But uh, for now, we'll speak soon. Take care.
0: Great, cheers, guys. thanks Paul. cheers guys.
2: White rose, the feeling of home, warm smells crashing